how are you moving your body now during pregnancy that will help prepare you to move your body postpartum? Postpartum almost becomes like a reset button for everybody. No matter how fit or able-bodied we were before pregnancy, everybody starts at zero and has to slowly work up to steps again. But is there anything we can do during pregnancy to make it a little easier for us later? And if so, where do we start? How do we start? And can we do too much? Kendra Fitzgerald and Nicole Coons are two sisters who created Devoted Mamas with a mission to help moms minimize the impact of pregnancy and birth on their bodies. They both have over 15 years of experience in the world of fitness, health, and mindfulness. And of course, they're both moms. However, after their first pregnancies, postpartum looked very different than they expected, both physically and mentally. From postpartum depression to prolapse, these sisters have been there, and they have taken that experience and have found a solution for us so that we can find our way to fitness through pregnancy and through postpartum. And it comes all in the form of a little app that you can use right in the comfort of your own home. And they're here to share it with us today. You are listening to the Mamas in Training podcast, giving aspiring and expecting mamas guidance and community from moms who have been there. I am your host, Jessica Lorian, and I am actually not yet a mom. An autoimmune disease has delayed my journey into motherhood. So while I heal, I've made it my mission to learn right alongside you everything I can about motherhood so that together we can be as prepared as possible. And today we're getting our bodies prepared. Kendra and Nicole have collaborated with the fitness app the Daily Burn, to create a platform just for you. It starts at 13 weeks of pregnancy and brings you all the way through and beyond. And you can get started today, but more on that later. Let's learn where to start. This episode is sponsored by Boom Boom Blowout Bodysuits. Picture this, you're out for a day of errands with your baby. They've already soaked their fresh diaper and the extras you brought. But after a quick change, they're finally sleeping. So you grab yourself a quick coffee, but then they wake up screaming. So you pick them up and what is on your hands? It's a blowout. There goes the last diaper, the baby's clothes, and your own clothes. Well, with Boom Boom Blowout bodysuits, diaper blowouts are covered. Literally, the entire back of each bodysuit contains waterproof polyurethane laminate fabric that is bonded between two layers of super soft, unbleached organic cotton, making blowouts no longer a stress. Trust me, I saw it in action, and it's amazing how strong these bodysuits are. So this Mother's Day, treat yourself to less stress and let Boom Boom Baby Company cover that mess. By clicking the link in the show notes and using the code MAMASPOD25. That's M A M A S P O D 25 for 25% off at checkout because nobody has time for a blowout. And now, on to the show. Hi, I'm Kendra Fitzgerald. I'm the co founder of Devoted Mamas. I'm Nicole. So, Kendra and I are sisters. 
I'm the older of the two, and I have two kids, one age 13, a girl, and a boy age 9. Kendra is a pregnancy and postpartum corrective exercise specialist, as well as a personal trainer and running coach. And Nicole is a trauma-informed, as well as prenatal and postpartum yoga teacher, and also a childbirth educator. They both come from very physical-focused backgrounds, but their experience was not as smooth as they had expected. So let's learn from them how they overcame both the physical and the mental toll of postpartum and then learned from it. First, we'll hear Nicole's journey. I remember that moment very poignantly. It was, I would guess, around four months postpartum with my firstborn, my daughter. And it was late in the middle of the night and she had a lot of trouble sleeping because we found out later she had an allergy to milk protein, which made her upset in the stomach all the time and rarely slept. So by four months, neither my husband nor I had had much sleep and I was holding her in my bed, sitting on top of my bed, holding her, trying to console her. And I turned to my husband and I said, I need you to hold me. And I just bawled Mm. like, It was, and I still, like, clearly that was the moment because that was when I realized, like, I can't do this alone and I'm in a place where I, like, need physically, I need physically to be held and supported and, and cared for. So it was more than just, like, I needed, you know, help in the realm of kind of the usual things. It was, like... I needed help in the more subtle and the more emotional and spiritual things, right? Those connections that we rely on to really get us through and know that we're going to be okay. Then after that, we we spoke about it briefly, but it was just so clear to me in my mind that I just, I needed to get some support. So I just immediately reached out and started finding a counselor that I could talk to. And I met with her in the beginning two times per week because I was just, I was A, really confused about all these feelings that I was having, this sadness and this, just having this realization and not really even being able to describe it or define it. At the very beginning, you're just sort of getting through everything. You're getting through all the days and all the nights. And then at a point, it comes to the place where you're like, I can't get through. Like, I don't know how. I don't even know how I've done what I've done. And I definitely don't know how I'm going to do what I've got to do. So, you know, I really, in the beginning, the counselor was so helpful for me because it just gave me a place to like, blah, you know, share everything in no particular order and not have any reasons or understanding of it all. And then, of course, just having had that moment with my husband, I think we were already just on another page of understanding. You know, that was a real turning point though. It was like really the point in time when I realized that I can do something and I didn't have to know if it was the right thing, but I just have to follow a feeling and I did it and it worked out. So many times in motherhood, you question yourself, like, am I doing this right? Is this helping them? Is this hurting them? Is this, you know, the best I can do? And in that moment, none of that mattered. It was just like, I think I was maybe a bit shocked or a bit surprised that I just came out and said, hold me. Don't worry about her. Hold me. Hearing myself say those words really kind of woke me up to, wow, whoa, 
Like it's not about the baby. It's about me. And how did that experience affect you physically? Up until that point, don't necessarily feel like your body is your own, especially if you're going down the path of breastfeeding. And my breastfeeding journey was extremely challenging. I only had one breast that functioned. And on top of it, the one that did function was very mildly functioning. So, But I was so determined to breastfeed that I, I did lots of, you know, cookies and lactation things, supplements and things to help produce. And I'm sure that took a toll on my mental state and my lack of maybe not even willingness, but just my ability to perceive like, hey, how's your mental, your mindset, your mental health right now? It just didn't occur to me because I was so focused on breastfeeding and her schedule and sleeping. And I think my awareness of my physical state didn't come into my awareness until I started to get some mental clarity. So I think the counselor and the time that I spent with her did give me some space and some grounding that enabled me to kind of exhale and then start to look at like, wow, your body is really tired. And giving myself that acknowledgement made me sad, but also, I guess, sort of woke me up to a kind of resolve that I can get through as long as I stay connected to more support. You know, really asking for things beyond my comfort level. Yeah. One of the hardest things for many women. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you hear it all the time. Asking for help in ways that are really uncomfortable. In fact, I remember on my daughter's first birthday, I cried. And I cried because I felt like I survived. And that was, that was, it was such a milestone for me. <laughs> like, if I can survive this first year, I can do anything. And so I I think I, in the course of this extreme challenge that I felt, and look, on the outside, it looked absolutely normal, but it was this inner fatigue and helplessness and just lack of control with how I was going to feel and how I could feel that left me feeling incapable and sad, just deeply depressed. I commend my my past self for just having that instinctual moment of I need help, like that shock of asking for me to be held instead of the baby, that I took an action that shifted things very quickly. Now I saw the counselor for a good six months so that by her first birthday, I really was celebrating. That's amazing. Kendra, for you, I know that you've obviously, I'm sure, experienced some level of this emotional roller coaster as well. But physically for you, you know, you've always been in the realm of fitness and, and focusing on physicality. And then all of a sudden, postpartum hits. Yeah, I have made my career around fitness and physical wellness and spent a decade before I had my first son, who's now eight really focused on physical well-being and and fitness and becoming an expert in the field. And so when I got pregnant with my son, it was almost like a challenge to me to be like, you know, let me stay as 
fit as possible during my pregnancy. I'm going to do all the things that I've been told to do. I'm going to stay in, you know, walking for an hour on an incline, on a treadmill, watching Downton Abbey. (laughs) Did, you know, all the things every day and just stayed so dedicated to my physical health and wellness and knew that that would not only make me feel better, but also have a positive impact on my mental state and be healthy for my baby. So I was so focused on pregnancy. And so then when I had my baby, I just assumed that everything would be the same. I knew so much about the human body that I was like, I can do this. And I went into postpartum thinking that I knew more than I did. I was very excited actually to get back into it. And, you know, I have this small baby and I'm feeling good. Within that two to three week period after being postpartum, I was like feeling really good and thinking that I was going to, you know, be excited about where my postpartum recovery was going. I signed up for a half marathon for my my son's first birthday. because I was like, oh yeah, year in, it'll be great. You know, I'll (laughs) sign up for the half marathon. It'll be a really great goal to have, like give myself a year. It'll be great. And so I signed up and at two weeks postpartum, I got up to go to the bathroom. We're living in an apartment in New York City. So the trip to the bathroom was maybe 20 feet. And so I walked that 20 feet and I got to the bathroom and I was like, why do I feel like my insides are going to fall out? This does not feel right. And I was like, well, I guess maybe this is just the way it's supposed to be. I don't know. We'll see. And so I was like, all right, this is, this is what it is. And fast forward two more weeks and I still had the same feeling of this heaviness in my pelvic floor, which at the time I was not like, this is my pelvic floor. (laughs) (laughs) And four weeks go by and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to feel better. All right. Now I think I can start to work out. So I started working out, started going back to doing what I was doing before and it felt okay, but it didn't feel great. Something felt off. And so I just kept going because I was like, it's going to get better. You know, it has to get better. And so then I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to start running. I think that's a really good thing for me to do. So I started running and it made everything worse. (laughs) And I ended up unknowingly giving myself prolapse, which is for anyone who doesn't know what prolapse is, it's when your internal organs, either your bladder, your vagina, or your rectum fall into your vaginal canal. And it's a heaviness in the pelvic floor and it feels like literally like your insides are going to fall out. I would go for a run and I would have to stop halfway and halfway being, I would go for a run for like a mile and I'd have to stop a quarter mile in because I just couldn't keep going. My pelvic floor and my insides felt like they were going to fall apart and I would have back pain. I would have pubic pain. My pelvis felt like it was being ripped from front to back And then later that night, my ankles would swell and I would have to prop my feet up to get my ankles to stop swelling. And I remember this one time I went out on a run and I was, I was like, this is going to be the day that it's going to be better because I felt like, okay, I'm working out more. I'm doing more things at the gym. This is going to be the day that it feels better. And I went out on this run and I had to stop before I even left the building. I couldn't even leave the building. And for me, as someone who identified pre-pregnancy as a runner and someone who's very fit, the mental toll that that took on me was devastating because 
what made me feel whole and what made me feel like Kendra was Kendra the runner, Kendra who works out, Kendra who lifts weights. And so for me not to be able to do that and to not even be able to leave my apartment building was just mentally devastating. I went to my doctor. They never told me I had prolapse. And this was definitely six weeks postpartum. Um, I wasn't told I had any issues. It was just, you know, I was kind of felt like I was left to my own devices. And could you um, tell physically, could you see anything? Like, was anything actually coming out of you or was it just dropped down? Yeah, it was, um, you know, I definitely looked and I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it's always interesting postpartum to, yeah. to look down there and you see all kinds of interesting things. <laughs> um, but it was, it was definitely like, huh, I think that might be my cervix. And, you know, just looking and I was like, this doesn't seem right. But um, nobody, nobody diagnosed you. Nobody diagnosed me at all. And it was scary because, you know, seeing that for myself. And I thought, what, what is happening? What is that? And also, have I done irreparable damage? Is this something that I can come back from? And immediately when I started thinking that, I thought my identity of a runner is over. Like, will I ever get to run again? So really the turning point was that day that I couldn't leave the building. And I went home and I think my husband was there and I was like, I don't know what's happening, but something is not right. And so through all of this, this is also in the back of my mind, like I've got this half marathon, like how am I going to do this? A few times after that, I tried, I, I took some weeks off. I, you know, just rested and tried to recuperate. And then I went back out again. And every single time I would go out, I would either have like the ripping pelvic pain or heaviness in my pelvic floor and my feet would swell. And I'm talking like pregnancy swelling. I'm, I wasn't pregnant, but my feet would swell and I'd have to wow. like, I couldn't even wear my shoes because they were so swollen. And so this kept happening over and over again. And at a certain point I had to make the decision, like I've got to pull out of this half marathon. So I ended up pulling out from that. But that, I mean, if someone who's a runner knows that when you sign up for a race, you're committed. And then you pull, you're committed. Yeah. And your whole life is wrapped around this goal. And so for me to pull out of it was, I had to make a major choice to pull out of it. And it was, that was also devastating. So for anyone who's listening, who is not like either one of you, because both of you have been these lifetime passionate women with regards to movement, physicality, mindfulness, so for those of us who are listening that are not those type of people, and maybe they're feeling a little bit intimidated because on top of the fact that they've never run a day in their life or they have no sort of movement behind them, where do we start? Well, the secret is you begin your postpartum in pregnancy because your pregnancy is the time when a lot of changes happen to the body. Pregnancy impacts your body period. What we can do is think about minimizing the impact of pregnancy on the body so that the recovery in postpartum is quicker, easier, more straightforward. And I think by thinking about and paying attention to what lights you up, what do you like to do? Maybe you're a hiker, maybe you're a boat rower, maybe, a, you know, what is it that you <laughs> like to do? Do those things through your pregnancy and find your way back to those activities in postpartum as well. So 
you begin to not only seed a really strong and easier recovery in postpartum by thinking about this in pregnancy, but you also start to seed keeping a little bit of yourself as you progress into your role and your identity as a mother. So that's where you begin. You begin finding what it is that you love to do. And you do that. You stay in motion to the best of your ability and do things that keep you strong and minimizing the impact of the pregnancy and the birth on your body so that you can get back to those things you love to do in postpartum. So prior to having children, my two big passions were um, dancing and yoga. So I thoroughly enjoyed those activities. And sure enough, not surprisingly, after her first birthday that following spring, I found my way back into a community of yoga. And then even a few years later, I found my way back into dancing as an adult, Mm -hmm. which has been super fun. So for me, after that experience with my first, it really threw me into trying to understand what needs to be different in postpartum, because it was obvious to me that things needed to be different and that things, when you are postpartum, there is a different way of working the body than just your normal training. And so I kind of threw myself into research because that's what I do. (laughs) When I can't figure something out, when in doubt, look for research. So I started researching and light bulbs started going off. It was all about training your core and pelvic floor in postpartum and the effects that pregnancy has on our bodies and how we train in postpartum. And so, you know, this came after my first, so I started, you know, integrating a lot of this into my life and realized like, wow, this is amazing. And then I got pregnant with my second and I was like, okay, how do I apply these in pregnancy so that when I get to postpartum, I'm prepared. And so I took those concepts and applied them to my pregnancy. And let me tell you, my second pregnancy was night and day difference Mm. from my first because I was able to not only prepare my body during pregnancy for what was to come in postpartum, but also I was able to come right out of the gate postpartum feeling more connected, more in touch with my core and pelvic floor. And I did not get prolapse with my second. So what I love about the postpartum period is that I kind of think of it as a a restart or a fresh start because we all start at zero, (laughs) right? We all start in the same place, no matter what your experience was before, whether you are an endurance athlete or you are someone who's never exercised before, we all start at the same place. And I find that absolutely beautiful because it's a chance to hit reset. If, you know, something was going on before you were pregnant, back pain, hip pain, knee pain, all these things you might've been struggling with before. It's actually kind of awesome because in postpartum, you get to like start over and like correct movement patterns that you may not have been able to correct before. One of my questions that I had, which is interesting because it's sort of been answered in both of your experiences was how long should we wait in postpartum to start moving again? But I think the amazing thing that I'm learning is it depends on every person because for you, Nicole, it took a full year. And then for you, Kendra, it was you're running while you tried to do that right away, you know, at 
two weeks or whatever that timeline was, you know, that wasn't the right time for you. And you stopped yourself and then got back on track sooner. So I guess what would you say to anybody who's feeling like, you know, when is a okay, safe time? Yeah, I think this is really, you know, we have to look at the definition of movement in postpartum. Amen. Say it again. Right? (laughs) (laughs) We have to look at the definition of movement. You know, it's really important that we understand that it's not all or nothing. And little movements are very important in postpartum. And honestly, it's the little movements that count the most. And, you know, we've been given this blanket time frame of six weeks that we wait and we do nothing. You know, we're like, oh, I can't do anything. And it's instilled a, a level of fear in us as mothers against, you know, moving for the first six weeks. But it's actually doing a disservice to moms because there's so much you can do that is beneficial. And movement does not have to be hit classes. It does not have to be running. It doesn't have to be Peloton or boxing. It can be simple movements of stretching your body in ways that you haven't stretched in 10 months working on your breathing, working on how your glutes are firing, (laughs) things like that, that are not, you know, we have to redefine what movement is in postpartum. And of course we have to follow our doctor's guidelines in terms of getting back to full exercise, but there is an element of freedom in those first six weeks to explore. Redefining movement is key because my second experience was the exact opposite. I took conscious steps, intentional steps in pregnancy to set myself up with help, physical help, emotional supports, food that I knew would nourish my body, and a routine and rituals that I knew supported my spirit. And that included my yoga practice, that included breathing practices and walking, and meditation, things that I knew for me were already a part of my practice before. And I found ways to get back to that pretty much immediately. That really is the key to finding your way and keeping an ounce of yourself connected to yourself so that we don't end up one year later and think, who am I? Where am I? What happened? And so my second experience was I guess, proof that I often describe the birth itself as well as the postpartum experience as blissful. In every sense of the word, there is a bliss. There's a grounded quality to it, an enjoyment, a contentment, a satisfaction. And that definitely came with having movement as an everyday part of my ritual and my routine and my everyday life. Movement really has many definitions and it's an opportunity to fine tune what 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 we think of as what is movement what what is my movement and to explore other ways to feel strong because that's what motherhood is often about finding so many ways that we're actually strong absolutely for those who might be on the other side of the spectrum and i feel like i'm going to be this type of person one day that kind of like you kendra we are used to more physical workouts you know pushing our bodies maybe harder than sometimes we should how do we resist that urge to to push ourselves and you know manage that and that change and that mindset shift Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's twofold. In postpartum, I often say that postpartum 
fitness is as much of a mental exercise as it is a physical one because there's often a lot of, okay, slow down, (laughs) slow down, check in, see how you're feeling and being really intentional about what am I choosing to do with my body right now? What does my body feel? And I think it's really actually an empowering experience because in postpartum, there is no pushing through (laughs) because we have to really dial into how we're feeling, not only because of our repair and just, you know, recovering from birth, but also managing our energy levels and making sure that we're not overdoing it and, and taking away from the energy that we need to be good moms and be good, you know, partners. If you're used to pushing yourself a lot when you're in your twenties and thirties and like doing hardcore workouts, and then you get to postpartum, there is definitely a mental shift in terms of going it's not so much about pushing so hard. It's about longevity in terms of our bodies, but also our energy because motherhood takes so much energy (laughs) and it takes a lot of energy out of you. So we have to find that balance of like, okay, how much do I need to do with my body to make sure that I'm getting enough energy to be there for my family, but not so much that it drains me. And so I think it's a really exciting exercise in balance. What's what's the right amount for me? And it's a personal thing. Everybody is going to be a little bit different. I can't tell you the number of times that when I was postpartum with my second, that I sat in the car before I went to the gym and I was like, okay, I feel really good. I'm not going to run on the treadmill. I'm going to walk. <laughs> yes. And then, you Holding know, getting on the treadmill, back. I'm like, Yes, holding yourself back. And it's like, but am I ready? I don't know. Let me see. You know, so I'd go on the treadmill and I'd walk at an incline. I'm like, I don't know. This feels kind of good. Like maybe I can just run a little bit. Mm. And then, you know, trying it and a couple of days I would try it and I would go home and be like, my my pubic bone doesn't feel so good. That did not, that wasn't good. I didn't like that. But also not just give up if something didn't go right. You know, I know it was like an incremental increase of strength that you know over time things would get better but knowing that they will get better yeah and during that pregnancy time too of course everyone has to check with their doctor in their specific situation but is there anything that we're limited to can we push ourselves too much yeah so this is the other part of challenging our bodies when we are pregnant and when we are postpartum I'm a firm believer that in pregnancy, we are strong beings. We are strong women and we are built to be strong. There's an element of expectation that when you become pregnant, that you're um, a daisy in the wind that needs to be really cared for with kid gloves. Mm. And it's just not true. You know, our bodies are miraculous and there is so much strength to be gained in pregnancy and in postpartum to harness that feels incredible. Mm. And so for each person, it's a little bit different and you have to find what level of strength feels right for you and is right for your body, but it's absolutely possible. And there's a lot of terminology about pregnancy of like, avoid this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do this. But I think a better way to talk about it is to modify and have modifications for things if as your body changes and it can vary from day to day. One day you can do one thing, the next day it's like, oh my gosh, that's so much harder than it was yesterday. But then the next day it feels better. And so it's more about modifying and being able to stay in tune with your body and check in 
as you're going through your pregnancy. So I often like to say there's no exercises that are off limits to pregnant people. It's more about what's right for you. Well, we are in good hands because both of you have come together, of course, as sisters and supporting us over at Devouted Mamas and all the links for everything that we talk about will be in the show notes. But you've come together in the world of fitness, health, and even mindfulness, which is so important. And you've collaborated with Daily Burn to bring us Baby Bump and Beyond. And this started in 2021, and now we have this week-by-week workout plan. So ladies, please explain to us what this is, how it can help us, so we know where to start and what we can or cannot do. Yes. So the Daily Burn program, we think, is really one of the most unique and comprehensive pregnancy to postpartum programs that exist out there. It's a program that does take you from... 13 weeks all the way through your pregnancy, including birth preparation, Mm. some practice for birth, which is a whole other thing that's super important. Practice for birth, not just think about it, but practice, Mm. prepare your body to do what it needs to do. And then six weeks of postpartum recovery work to get you started after you have your, your medical clearance, of course. So this program really is the result of our personal experiences, having the first one, which we fumbled through both of us in our own ways. Mm. And then the second one, which we really applied a lot of what we had learned and tested it out on ourselves and then began to take it to our communities. And so the timing of this program is just super, perhaps divinely brought to Mm -hmm. the world at the time when it was most appropriate in the sense that it provides the latest of what's possible for strength training, mindfulness in both aspects, right? We're not just building strength or just building flexibility and mindfulness. We're doing both. We have a balance. And so this program is so dear to us because it really is a culmination of all of our years of experience as mothers and also as professionals and really gives everyone a chance to feel strong to connect with their true strength in pregnancy, in preparation for birth, and in getting back to the mat, to the world, to the life they love in postpartum. You know, this program is incredibly comprehensive, like Nicole said. What I love about it is that it's progressive, and it moves along with a mama as she's going through her pregnancy. And it's designed not only just to keep you moving, but actually get stronger during your pregnancy which I don't know many programs that do that, you know? And it's also a result of, like Nicole said, all of our professional expertise, our personal experiences with our own pregnancies, and including what worked and what we wished had been different. You know, I definitely, when I was pregnant, I was seeking out workouts that felt challenging to me, and I had a really hard time finding them. And like I said before, pregnant people are very strong and we can handle a lot. And so to be able to create workouts that are actually challenging, but feel good to the pregnant body is just phenomenal. Okay. So remember our postpartum journey begins in pregnancy, the way we're treating our body, stretching it, moving it, giving it mindful breaks will all play into how quickly and easily we're able to heal postpartum. 
And above all else, it's most important to remember that movement has many definitions. And just because movement to Kendra looked like running a marathon, I know that will never look like movement to me, and might not to you either. If you want more direction and a place to start, then check out the link to their program, Baby Bump and Beyond, in the show notes. And remember with movement, it can also look different in each trimester, and then again, postpartum. But step one is, what do you love doing? What feels good to you? I mean, is it dancing in your room, taking hikes, Pilates, or running a marathon? I mean, whatever feels good to you. Continue that during pregnancy, and then slowly make your way back to that postpartum. And just like Nicole said, this will also help you hold on to a part of who you are at the core. You know, accountability is always helpful with something, especially like movement. And if you'd like your own personal cheerleading team, then join our community, Mamas in Training, on Facebook right now. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes and your cheerleaders will start lifting you up immediately. I'm already getting my cheer ready for you. Remember, we're in this together. I can't wait to see you in there. If you enjoyed the show today, new episodes release every Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And help us grow our mama community by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That way I know how to better serve you. And finally, I would love to connect on Instagram. You can find me at Mamas in Training Pod. That's M-A-M-A-S in Training P-O-D. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.